Precious Holy Spirit, we receive illumination by your spirit. Transform us by the word. Let us see Jesus clearly. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Ah, how do you end a series like this? It's an ongoing, continuous conversation. It's a decision that you will have to make in my life mighty works will be done. In the moment of reckoning and adversity and testing, in the moment of 40, 40, <laughs> that the words and the thoughts that will emanate from my heart will directly and indirectly ascertain that God is good. His mercies endure forever. He is too faithful to fail. He does not know how to disappoint he is not a man that he should lie. He is reliable, dependable. His name is still a strong tower. That his verities have been established from the foundations of the world. I pray for you as the enemy is dancing and basking on the many casualties that the word has not been established in the heart. You will not be among. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you will be part of those who have entered into the fullness of rest those who believe in the mighty name of jesus somebody say glory to god mm. so in this final installment it's going to be a charge it's going to be a charge it's going to be a short charge all right <laughs> Someone is saying short pd please just tell us it is going to be a charge all right so let's see Let's see how the Spirit of God will help us. Hebrews chapter 4, um, because today is part 4. I am going to read just verse 6. I am going to, for the very first time in the series, point us to the rendition of this word in other versions. And I'm sure some of you who are not using the KJV, you, you must have seen disobedience and you're wondering. Pete is teaching on unbelief. But my version renders this as disobedience. We've, we've had a working definition of unbelief in part one, part two, part three. And for those who were part of the recap last week, wow, what, what a stark reminder. Which is why we must, we must design revisiting into our schedule. I don't know how we are going to do it, but you must find a way to revisit, to revisit. Hebrews chapter 4, I read verse 6. It says, Seeing therefore it remains. The promise, the, the offer is still there. The, 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 the possibility still remains. All around, all around, complete rest, rest round about. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. This evening, I want to emphasize the other term used in this verse, disobedience. Disobedience. You are, it's going to make sense now. I deliberately saved it for part four. For us to unmask this thing before you now see how it is related to disobedience. It was Charles Capps, one of the giants 
teachers in the Word of Faith movement who began to shed the light on the difference between doubt and unbelief. That really, if you were to, 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 to look for the English language already, <laughs> it says if you were to look for synonyms, as far as doubt is concerned, it's more of a, a product of ignorance. There is a knowledge gap. There is a mental disagreement, as it were. But it says unbelief is a choice to believe something else that is not the word. And that is directly how it connects to disobedience. There is, it is not you. You have seen too much for you not to believe this. You've experienced too much. You, you, you've tasted of the powers of the world to come for you not to be in agreement that is faithful. You ate manna for crying out loud. You walked on dry ground and you saw the same Red Sea swallow the army of Pharaoh and you are coming to say that where? No, no, not you. That obviously is beyond just saying I do, that, that is disobedience. It's rebellion. It is, it is re repugnant. It is, it is resistive. It, it says he could do no mighty works. So our definition from part one, unbelief is a state of the heart expressed by words and thoughts. In a moment of testing, I can now say confidently now, in a season of 4 zero. You know, in, in psychology, they tell you it takes 21 days of a repeated action for it to become habit. That's what they tell us in science. Um, have you noticed that, let's assume psychology is right. Bad habits don't take time to form. Has it, has it ever occurred to you? Remember what we learned about in part three? The two buckets or the two storage, storage tanks. No, I don't know if anybody has seen the seed of any weed before. These, these things plant and water themselves. It's the way of the flesh. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. The state of the heart expressed by words and thoughts in a moment of testing, a moment of reckoning, a period of adversity, which we learned is in, 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 in prophetic pointing in scripture refers to 40, 40, 40. Ideally, 40 days. Psychology says 21 for, for, for a good habit to form. Bad habits. I read a quote somewhere. It says bad habits are easy to form and difficult to break but good habits are difficult to form and easy to break think about it for a minute for, for the, the example I want to use is giant, giant, <laughs> giant challenge or if you just want to now you just want to decide that you just want to start sleeping and eating anyhow your flesh will be like, wow, I've been waiting for it. That's when you see the flip side of grace. It is reverse grace. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is fleshy blessings. Demonic abilities. <laughs> All right, let's just leave that. But the point here is that there are things that are, that are, that are at home, that are the, the flesh will wake up 
Even you, you thought you were tired. If you are ready to do them, the flesh is in full partnership. But when it comes to sowing to the spirit, it says that we must labor to enter into that rest. He's not talking of getting to works. He's saying take advantage of grace and begin to make investments in the spirit so that when the score sheet is checked, it is that the house of Saul, the house of the flesh, is getting weaker. The bank of discouragement, of doubt, of unbelief is getting weaker, 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 weaker. And the bank of the spirit, the, 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 the house of, of, of convictions is growing stronger, stronger, stronger. And we see in scriptures, it, it, there's, there's something about the number 40. Four zero. It's the it's the it's the biblical period of feasting into the perfect law of liberty, to ensure that whatever whatever viruses and junk files exist are are, are completely disarmed. I will say it's from Matthew chapter four one and two. It's either going to be a season of adversity which will happen, or the disciplined child of God who has engaged in regular fasting. You, you may not need those. You already have your own 40. Boy. I read the definition one more time, perhaps the last time as we begin to round up this series. Unbelief is a state of the heart. And please, please, we are not just teaching these things just to accumulate teachings and brag that we've covered many topics. No. The whole idea is that whatever we've covered, your life should be proof that we've covered it. Not that it's on YouTube or that it's on Spotify or that it has one million views or X number of views. No, that's not the real proof that we covered it. It is that this thing suddenly has lost its power. As a people, we now become the place where we are seeing mighty works. Our faith is no longer anchored on theatrics. It is now on the, on the boy. On the solid, it says, settled from the foundations of the world. On the integrity of God's words, with or without the spectacular. We are, we, are, we are already a people of conviction. So let me read it one more time. I can sense that the next Bible town hall <laughs> is going to be loaded, loaded. The Lord will help us not to make it a vigil. Unbelief is a state of the heart expressed by words and thoughts in a moment of testing, a season of reckoning, a period of adversity, directly or indirectly asserting that God's word isn't true and that his integrity is questionable. Now, because our main conversation has been on unbelief, it is very critical for me at this point to draw the link to faith. If you remember from our anchor text, Hebrews chapter 4, it says that the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. I do not believe it will be very fair to wrap up a series like this without connecting from stepping out of unbelief into belief and eventually connecting it to faith. Boy, and hear me, if there is any topic that we may discuss Hundreds times, it is the topic of faith because that is what the just shall live by. If you are writing, which I believe you are, I want you to write the following words. We won't exhaustively discuss them today, but it is, it is very critical for you to see the connections. Please do not stop at believing as dangerous as unbelief is. Having belief, what belief in be, boy. <laughs> 
belief or believing, what it does is that it brings you into a place of rest. It is from the place of rest that you are able to receive the instruction and you are able to act in obedience on the corresponding, the, the action from believing and that is where faith actually comes alive. All right? So these are the words I want you to write. Number one, wish. Wish. Number two, desire. Number three, hope. Number four, belief. Number five, faith. I'll take it again. I'll take it again. Maybe a bit slower this time. Number one, wish. Or you might want to put in bracket, dream. I have a dream. I, I, I wish. All right, that's level one. Level two, desire, desire. Level three, hope. Level four, belief. And level five, Faith. Faith. Now, please, anywhere you are on this continuum, anywhere you are on this spectrum, don't coast until you have arrived at Bible-believing faith. However, the enemy will be very glad, number one, if your progress is arrested or if there is no, I, I mean, there are people who have no drive, no faith, no belief, no hope, no desire, and even no wish. They are done. They, are, they, are, they have resigned on life. That is definitely not the place for any child of God to be. In this moment, I am reminded of the story of the prodigal son. Who, given his circumstances, there was nothing to wish for anymore. But the Bible says he came to himself and he said to himself, I shall arise and return to my father. I am telling you, for a child of God, there is never a period in your life, in your journey, that you must partner with the adversary for you to completely have a, a, a boy, it is, it is tantamount to severe Severe, boy. Complete on, on disinterest in everything called life. That's, that's, that's where the spirit of suicide blossoms. And you begin to buy the idea that I might just be a waste. This oxygen I'm, I'm breathing in might be useful for somewhere else. There's no, there's no further hope. Ah, right now under this anointing, anyone who is already receiving lies from the pit of hell, voices telling you you are not good enough, voices telling you to consider ending it, whoever is under the, 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 the assault of the spirit of suicide, whoever is battling with severe clinical depression, and you are just there wondering, is there even hope? You don't even know you stumbled on this right now, but this is the lover of your soul sending this word to you. He's saying, hold on, my son, 
on, hold on, my daughter. Don't give up yet. You might have heard this before, but these are no longer words. This is now spirit. This is now life. It's saying that you do not need to call it quits because I still have beautiful plans for you. It's saying, remember the times when you were sure. Remember the times when you were sure. Remember the times when you hoped. Remember the times when you still had expectation. Oh, so right now under this anointing, I break you and I silence you, foul spirit, speaking lies to that vessel, speaking lies to that son, speaking lies to that daughter. In the name of Jesus, we break your hold. That life will not be lost. That destiny will still count. In the name of Jesus. Please don't throw in the towel. Don't call it quits. Don't call it quits. Don't call it quits. You are worthy to be alive. You were worth dying for. It doesn't matter how much pain is behind you. That's your past. Today, a new leaf turns and there's brightness and greatness ahead of you. Don't buy that lie. You are loved. <laughs> you are loved. Even if you've been exposed to just painful, this is completely off script now. But if you've just been exposed to, 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 to things and situations around you that continue to feed back to you that there is no use, hear me, hear me, hear me. There's more to you than the opinions of those around you. There's more to you. Don't, don't, don't believe that lie that your, your, your medication is not working again and we have to consider other things. I want you to find the strength to believe again. And if you need to reach out, please, in the chat, reach out. Call, email, somehow we promise to get in touch with you. And that you, your life, will end up being a story. It will end up being a testimony. For as many who will find themselves at this same point that you are, you'll be able to tell them, oh, I've been there before. I was convinced I had even written a note. I had called it quit. I was ready to take the plunge, but mercy found me. That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Somebody's praying for me. He said, PD said it's going to be short. <laughs> and it's not even, we are not really on unbelief part four yet. We're still trying to build the connection to faith. But whenever the Spirit of God leads, we have to follow. Wish, wish, desire, hope, belief, and faith. What, what are the main differences? A wish is an expression of interest in a possibility. That is all. And it's a good starting point. It's a good starting point. It graduates to the point of desire when there is an element of pursuit. It's a wise man. I believe it was Miles Monroe. I hope I'm correct. If it was not him, he's wise enough to be the one who said it. Mixing it up now. I think it was Dr. Mike Murdoch, if I'm right. Said that pursuit is the real and true proof of desire. There is now an element of so so I just you're just there, you're just this young person from a disadvantaged background, you know, family is nothing to write home about, everything is broke, nobody has made nothing makes sense, but you just wish that one day I will be a doctor. One day I will be a lawyer. You know, there's just an expression of that interest. Now it graduates to desire when there is an element of pursuit. It means that you have now begun to seek what it will take to make that wish a reality. And there is a willingness for you to engage in it. 
your desire now graduates to hope when there is a commitment of God. So we've, we've stepped now from, we've, we've entered into, into Bible faith now. Whatever promise it is you found in Scripture, the, the perfect one is 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest. You can see the language there, wish, may. It's a desire that is literally an offer on the table. Now, by the time there is a, a, a level of pursuit to it, you've crossed into desire. Now, hope means that there is now a commitment of God to it. Expectation has been built now. Expectation has been built now. Expectation has been built now because there is now a commitment to it. You can wish, this is an example I had a, a, a dear man of God share. You can wish, for example, let me use myself. You can wish that PD will have, well, edifice begins. So let's say PD will have dinner in your house tomorrow. That, that can just be your wish. All right? It, it graduates from a wish to a desire. When you, you now add a little bit of pursuit to it, you now say, wait, was that, do you have PD's phone number? Do you have his email address? You're, you've graduated from wish there now. All right? But even if you get my email and you get my, my phone number, are you actually call or you send an email or you send a text? Until I risk, I commit to it and say, oh, wow, that's so thoughtful of you. I'm coming. That is when hope, because now you're expecting me. But you can't just decide to be annoyed with me that I didn't come for dinner in your house because you wished it. Is someone seeing it now? So once a commitment is to it, expectation is birthed, hope, make it not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit of God. Hope is, don't allow anybody, hope is powerful. Hopelessness is disastrous and destructive. But we don't even park there. We graduate to the place of conviction. Conviction is where the Spirit of God has marinated on the Word. Revelation has come forth now. Files have moved from information and they have arrived in the place of revelation and conviction in the heart. Then you've entered into rest on the matter. Beyond reasonable doubt, you now know, ah, pity is coming. His integrity is at stake now. Someone else can say they are coming. The moment they tell you they are coming, even you, you know, maybe, maybe not. But based on his integrity, Pity's word is his bond. He, he, see, if it means him flying and rebooking a flight for him to make that dinner, he said so. That is where belief comes in conviction. All right, but that's where many stop. Based on that revelation of Peter's integrity, now the, and you stay in that place of conviction, light now shines and instruction comes. The obedience of that instruction, taking, taking action based on revelation is what we call faith. And it is, this is what many people like to simulate, what they like to copy. Not knowing the revelation that is producing the action. It was important for us to have that brief conversation knowing that we will have to revisit this. <laughs> but this was very important, very, very critical so that you understand that even the demons believe. Even the demons believe. All right? So don't, don't stop there. But the, 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 the core emphasis of the Spirit is this thing called unbelief that we've been unmasking. 
And we'll begin to tie up that conversation. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. I read from verse 1 to verse 5. First in the New King James, and then I switch to the message translation. It says, Moreover, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul instructing the church in Corinth, and I believe this is the Spirit of God speaking to you, speaking to me. Having learned all these things you've learned about unbelief and how much it will limit God in part one, having learned about the word being near you in your in the word in your mouth and the word in your heart in part two, having learned that the surgical tool of the Spirit that is able to produce conviction and the hope of the Spirit is a strengthening of the house of of conviction and a weakening of the house of the flesh in part three now we are arriving in part four he says brethren i do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers remember in hebrews chapter four from verse one to verse five these are those who did not enter because of unbelief so let's pay attention to light now intel all our fathers were under the cloud all passed through the sea all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. Remember what we learned? Miracle signs and wonders do not produce conviction. It will not produce Bible faith. It won't. As much as we love the spectacular, we, we, we really do hope that that's it. No, but it is the solid, true, and tested word of God established, brooded upon, that produces faith in the heart of the believer. It says in verse 4, all drank from the same spiritual drink, for the drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Hmm. Verse 5, it says, but, 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 with most of them, God was not well pleased. Anywhere you see in scripture that God is not pleased, you, you know what just happened. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Hmm. Let's switch to the message. It says, remember our history, friends, and be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential cloud. He's saying these guys literally lived miracle signs and wonders. Literally. They were taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours. As Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. It says they all ate and drank identical food and drink meals provided daily by God. Think about it. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were. And the rock was Christ. He said, but just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much to them. Remember a couple of Sundays ago when <laughs> Pidams was leading on the, on the stewards meeting. I said... It's actually possible. You just you are just used to it. You just know in this service, people will just fall, power will just flow, and and you lose the essence of 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 the real person of Christ. It says most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times 
in the desert and God was not pleased. It didn't seem to mean much to them. So when the period of reckoning, when the period of testing, when the period, the moment of adversity came, the words and thoughts that emanated, it was always Moses, where is the, <laughs> where is the land flowing with milk and honey? You brought us here to suffer us. You and Aaron, we don't even understand what you're doing. We miss Egypt. We want to go back. These were people who were literally living miracles daily. Something in their heart always wanted to go back. He says, let's remember their history. Let's remember. Let's remember. I want to read again from Jude. As we round up the series, this is more of a caution, a warning by the Spirit. I read from the New Living Translation, Jude. Jude chapter 1 from verse 4. It says, I say, I want you to listen because you will think Jude was living in 2022. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. In the Amplified, it says they've stealthily snuck in, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Let me tell you, any belief activity that contradicts God's word, is already going to another fold in your heart. It is producing what you will not believe it is producing. It is producing a dangerous, toxic monster. They're saying to us now that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. It says the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 5, he says, so I want to remind you. You can see this, this, this reminding. I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. The plan was for them to come out and to enter in. He says, but unbelief was so powerful to interrupt that process. He says, and many of them were destroyed in the wilderness because of unbelief. So how come this thing is called disobedience in some other circles, some other versions? They could not enter because of disobedience. I want to show us I want to show something. And I want this to alert you as to the files in your heart. You know, I read, I read, I read something somewhere. It says, when people show you who they truly are, believe them. When people show you their real true color, believe them. Or they say, oh, it was just a moment of, that moment of weakness shows us a true state of your heart. Oh, that's not who I really am. I'm not that, you know, I'm not that violent normally. I only, <laughs> I only kill when my temper is hot. Hey, that's a murderer. Oh, you know, I would never hit you normally. You know, our tempers were just flaring. The, that, see, that is the way you know what is in the art, the adversity. Someone is praying for PD now. That Let PD not take this to a relationship seminar. Because God in his love will ordain moments that will allow you to see the true color of this person. (sighs) 
First Timothy, don't worry, it will still be a short one. First Timothy chapter 1, we're cursing into a new month. Glory to God. First Timothy chapter 1, I read verse 12 and verse 13. Paul gives us an interesting insight into what, not what now, how unbelief becomes powerful. He's showing us. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, empowered me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Verse 13 is where we are going. He says, although I was formerly, this is who I was, formerly a blasphemer, formerly a persecutor, and an insolent man, it says, but I obtained mercy because I did all of those things. It says, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So he's saying to us that the passion with which he persecuted the early church. We were introduced literally to the young man Saul at the stoning ceremony of God's servant Stephen. He was that trustworthy. He was so passionate. He was like, guys, what are you doing? And this, this thing is growing. Are you going to sit here and cross your legs? He said, well, we, we need money. What do you need? We need money. I have savings. What, we, need, we need people. What do you need? You need people. I have people. What We need a team lead. I am team lead. All right. Give me letters. I'm going to travel anywhere and everywhere I find followers of the way. I'm going to ensure that what happens to Stephen will happen to every one of them. That was all the passion he was working with. He calls it unbelief. It means that the true power of unbelief is actually belief in something else. Because that was where that passion came from. Can you see why it pains? It says they grieved him. They believed something else. So they could actually, unbelief is actually <laughs> belief in something else. Can you see what makes it super extra painful? He's saying that sincerely, I was so sure I was doing it for God. That was this, is, 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 he was so sure. Boy, he calls it unbelief. He calls it unbelief. Hear me, child of God. Part of what you have to trust God for. So you will not be part of the end time casualty of many that the wind will blow away. Of many that the storms will, will, will sift away. Of many that adversity will expose. You must get to the place where you will say, what shall separate me from the love of God? Let me tell you, by, by the grace of God, and I've noticed these, these, these adversity moments, they are breaking moments. They either usher you into a great, you have said this before, I'll say it again. You go check. Some of the greatest healing evangelists that have walked the surface of the earth had in their own immediate family a record of the loss of a dear loved one. The, go and check it. That moment which ideally should have broken them and gotten them to the place of belief in unbelief. Now that, now that makes sense to you. That this God really chose not to. He could. This is where a lot of atheists today are. By the time you have conversations with them, why do you believe there is no God? Why are you so sure there is no God? How can you just say, really what they are saying is that there was a time I thought he existed and he refused, he chose not to show up. I'm telling you, some of these people in that moment, rather than believing in unbelief, 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that makes sense. Now, they chose to, 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 to say that, Father, you are still faithful. And that thing kind of breaks a, a unique oil that begins to flow, 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 so that, so that you, you, you are saying that, Father, I am grateful that you are faithful. And I know that you are alive. Somehow that oil begins to flow. Out of compassion, it begins to flow through them to others. The enemy is scared of the promotion that follows a season of adversity. So he convinces us to fail woefully. <laughs> but not you. I said not you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to pay attention to the 40s of life. You know, you should never tell what a believer is going through based on the expression of their face. You should never tell. Many of us, it's just, it's just that there is, no, there, is no, there is no gain in pity parties and comparing misery. If we want to live like unbelievers and sit down talking about what we are really going through, some of you will be very shocked. I'm sure some people see some of us who are living this life of faith and you are just so sure everything is perfect. They are the ones praying every day. They are the ones fasting. They are the ones that can do giant challenges. They don't have any problems. You will be extremely shocked that this life of faith is a deliberate choice powered by the Spirit. But you have to be in agreement with the authenticity of His Word. I remember the period I received the news. It was after morning prayer. Just finished praying. Got a call from my big brother. And he just said, it's mommy's home. Just went, held my wife. Our first prayer was thanksgiving. Of all the people in the world, we know where she is. And we just thank God. Thank God. I could not even find the tears to cry. It was my wife that she, she just could not believe it. I was in the middle of some, some spiritual exercises and I heard the voice of the enemy. It says, do you want to continue? <laughs> that, was, that, that was the question. Do you think there is value in continuing now? Ah, I said, you, you devil, <laughs> you are failed. If anything, I will intensify. If it's someone that I don't know where she has gone to now, maybe I'll be a bit more, more, more sorrowful. Someone that I know where she's chilling? Are you kidding me? I said, devil, you're in trouble. I am not about to stop. If anything, I am going to intensify. That was a moment of, God, where are you? But we prayed. But we fasted. And I am telling you, the enemy, this same card, the enemy will still use it over and over and over again. I did the first interview. I did, I did the second interview. I did the third interview. I got a word of, of, of confirmation. I sowed the seed. I did, I did this. I dated that. You need to get to the place where it is anchored. The word that God speaks is realer than the answer they gave you. Boy. We don't compare notes of misery in this kingdom. We go from glory to glory, from joy to joy, from rejoicing to rejoicing. Knowing that this adversity, is, it, 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 it is working something. These light afflictions, it is in the process creating an eternal weight of glory. Hear me? The, the enemy is already planning that, no, this is, this is the this. next thing they see you soaring on the wings. God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. There is no shadow. That is you coming out of a 40. You decide whether it is 40 years or 40 days. And you smile and the cloud of witnesses applauding. Say that's someone who knows grace. Not by power, not by might, 
<laughs> not by power, not by might. Applauding. Say yes now. The, the, the Christ is being formed. Galatians 4.19. Little children of whom I travail until Christ is formed in you. And there's that rejoicing. Their patience has had its full work now. It says that you are lacking nothing perfect, fully developed, ready to be a grand tool of glory in the hand of the Father. You still won't believe it, but we're actually rounding up this evening. I want to show us an interesting concept from Mark chapter 16, the final thought where we know as the Great Commission, the Great Commission. Mark chapter 16, I'm going to read verse 12 to verse 14. I'm going to read Acts chapter 1. Uh, read really going to verse 3, but I'll read from verse 1 to 3. I, I just believe somebody is receiving grace this evening. I will stay with him. I want the devil to know my worship of God is not dependent on anything. You don't understand? The only thing, boy, the only thing it is dependent on is the word of God which was settled from the foundations of the world. It's not dependent on anything. Ah, uh, boy. Especially those who give God ultimatums. God, you have two more, two more weeks. They won't see me in church again. Who's, <laughs> God, I'm giving you. I, I pray for you sincerely from the depth of my heart that you will not be part of the end time falling away. In the mighty name of Jesus, instead you will be a key player in God's end time army. In the name of Jesus, skillfully on the forefront, demonstrating the riches of glory and the authority of the victory of Christ to your world. In the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 12. It says, after that, he appeared in another form <laughs> to two of them. As they walked and went into the country, we know this from the account of the, of the journey of the two guys on the way to Emmaus. We know that those were not two random guys. They were two of the disciples, maybe not of the 12, but they were followers of Jesus. Verse 13 says, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. This is me now. This is my interpretation, all right? Let's read verse 14 before I tell you <laughs> my, my imagination. It says, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. So this is biblical confirmation that these were followers, but they were not part of the 12. Of course, the 12 had now become the 11. And I'm sure you know why. <laughs> our brother, Judas. Well, is he our brother? It says, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Remember what we said about this thing is, a, is, is, is spiritual heart failure because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. This is my, this is, this is my imagination. The reason Christ secured the victory for our redemption made it possible for, for us to enter into the fullness of the riches of grace. And he's just there to, to tell the guys, 
This is the moment I've been preparing you for. This is the age of the church. This is the outpouring of the Spirit. I've been telling you guys that it is, oh, glory to God, I sense such a strong unction right now. It says, it is to your advantage that I live so that I can send you the comforter. The spirit of truth is going to bring to your remembrance this, this concept you struggled with. All these things you could not get while I, while I was with you. There's going to be an outpouring of his grace. The same you that struggled with casting out devils. The same you that were powerless in certain instances. The same you that saw storms and you wavered. It says now there is about to be an outpouring of my spirit. It is to your advantage that I live. And it's just literally they're about to give a farewell speech. And then he meets unbelief. Ah, this is my imagination. He calls the father. He says, Father, Houston, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. And the father says, I saw it too. He says, that's unbelief. If you leave them, if you leave them like that, this whole, this whole agenda of salvation, of the mysteries of godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the guys that will run with it, ah, he says, we can't leave them like this. And I could hear the father say, 40, 40. And Jesus got the message. He says, yes, yes, yes. So rather than going about looking for Caiaphas, <laughs> looking for Pontius Pilate, and looking for who is not lost, making appearances, Jesus pays attention to taking the disciples through the 40, the season of testing, the period of making. Acts chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 3. As we begin to round up, this is Dr. Luke documenting for us. The former treatise have I made all Theophilus, the former treatise being the gospel according to Luke. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, I'm, I, I'm not going to pause, let's read on, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, it says, to whom he showed himself alive. After his passion by many infallible proofs, miracles. It says, but knowing that that is not how true conviction is built, there must be the season of, I'm, I'm, please, I'm using this as prophetic symbology. I'm not saying it has to be exactly like 40 counts or 40 days. It's a picture of a period of testing. And you can simulate and achieve that with a proper, a real fast. I'm not talking of a, of a fake, <laughs> fake fast. It says, being seen of them 40 days. This was of more importance to the Christ than making appearances and convincing people, I am alive. It says that these are those who are to run. These are those who are to start a new age. This is the, this is, this, this is the period all of prophecy has been waiting for. Angels long to see it. The old prophets long to see it. This is the age of the church. This is the age where the spirit boy will not just come upon, but will rest within. Tabernacle with. This is the age where they will go on in my name. This is the season where they'll be anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, taking cities, taking territories, taking nations. This is the season heralding of the age of the ecclesia, the called out ones that will legislate. What is bound in heaven is bound on earth. What is loose there is loose. It says these are the guys. But what I met was unbelief. No. Please <laughs> shift the flight. I can't fly today. Add 40 days. Add 40 days. He began to speak to them words for the word of God is quick for the word of God is alive 
He said, about miracles, live, they've seen the dead rise. They, 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 they've seen water turn to wine. They've, they've seen demons. They've seen all of that. Now it is time to load them 40 days with words. Someone is saying, PD, is there a 40 day challenge? <laughs> Fear not. Fear not. I believe the, big, the bigger decision you have to make now is to be more conscious of who is being fled, who is being fed with every activity you engage in. Is this a feeding of the flesh? Is this a feeding of the spirit? Is this an investment in unbelief? Or is this a layering of the word, the solid revealed word of God towards building conviction in my heart? It says he stayed with them, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. 40. 40. 40. Hear me, child of God? Please. If you can find a way to commit to regular fastings, regular fastings, and what do you do in the period of your fasting? You look into the real manner, not the fake manner. <laughs> because in John chapter 6, verse 48, Jesus begins to, he begins to rebuke the, the Jews and the Pharisees. And he says, your fathers ate manna and they died in the wilderness. He says, I am the real one. I am the true bread that has come from heaven. He says, except you partake of my flesh and partake of my blood. Boy, this was one message when Jesus finished. People were like, nah, we are going. <laughs> Jesus had to turn to his disciples. He says, are you guys going to stay? Where you feed on everything Christ, you stay with the word. You stay with the word. And you, you, you can be very methodical about this. What areas have I not really entered into rest? Is what, is, what are those areas that trigger me? For most believers, especially, it is this stronghold of finance. The moment we hear it is time to give, it is time to sow, it, there, there's a trigger there. We've not come subconsciously into the place where we believe that God is our source and is a great provider. Yes, he says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why can't he just transfer to himself? Why is, he, why is he going to? Many of us have not entered into rest there. Some it is in the area of their body. Everybody in your house just has the same diagnosis. And you believe God provides. You've experienced provision. You believe God, you, you, other things. But on this one that the, the evidence is too tangible for you. There is, there, is, there is just so much junk files there. And the day you feel funny, it's like, God, what is this? The father said, manna, and they died. <sighs> I want to read Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 as we bring this teaching series to an end. From the King James Version. Child of God. There are those who are running on horses. They look like they are making a lot, covering a lot of distance. And there's you, we staying with the word. You know, you know it's, it's, it's amazing. There are those who are sowing to the flesh, steady. And they will reap corruption, no doubt. And there you are, sowing to the spirit, and it looks as though nothing is happening. Child of God, everything is happening. You, right there, that's where all the action is. Ignore the theatrics. Stay with the word. Stay with Jesus. Stay with the gospel. You don't need to believe something else. You don't need to go anywhere else. Ah, the days where people are giving pastors ultimatum. If this thing is not healed, I'm, I'm going. Ah, where are you going to? To whom shall we go? For thou alone has the, the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to? 
when we leave light, we, you, you don't leave light to light. You are, you are, you are essentially saying, I'm going, I'm going the way of darkness, not you. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6. The goal is for these realities to become effectual. It says the communication of your faith. It becomes effectual by the acknowledging, the agreement, the epignosis, the experiential knowing deep down inside you of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Child of God, this is where we pack. This is the work that we are, this is the work we are working. This is the real eternal life. He said, what must we do? This is it. This is it. That they, this is it. Eternal life is an invitation to, to experientially experience the life of God. It is experiential. It is real knowledge. It's a, it's a revelation of a person. I pray for you that that treacherous, dangerous journey of translocation, that journey will not be aborted on route. In the name of Jesus, but beyond words in your head or words even near you will be the word in your heart. It will be the conviction in your heart, a conviction of his faithfulness, a conviction of his reliability, a conviction of his dependability, a conviction that is El Shaddai, a conviction that is Jehovah, a, con a conviction that is Adonai, a conviction that is everything his word says that he is. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Wow. What a series has been on masking unbelief. To the end, that this repugnant, repulsive, limiting force from the pit of hell has no place in you or in your life. I want to pray for you on this final installment. That every investment of the enemy to build alternative realities, counter post-truths in this age of post-modernism and alternate realities, that the plan fails on arrival in the mighty name of Jesus, especially for those of us who we know the calling of God upon our lives and what God is doing with us in this ministry. None of us will drop down. It says, it says, it says that their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. People who experienced deliverance, people who saw miracles, people who, who, who once upon a time shared testimonies, people who once upon a time sowed seeds, gave. Now they are the ones saying, where is God? There is no God. May it not be you. In the mighty name of Jesus, but your life will be one of glory. As heaven continues to build epitomes, begins to build ambassadors of the kingdom life, of the dominion life, of the life of glory. Oh, you are being enlisted right now. Financially, in every area, the Lord is bringing you into a place of confidence and rest. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the praise. You can't end the service like this without inviting someone, extending the invitation to start. Someone I sense what you want to do today is you want to start afresh. There is nobody, there is nobody who just downs tools on a day. It's a process. And for some of you, you are saying, PD, please pray for me. That process has started in my heart. The, the day somebody comes out and says, you know what? I don't even believe this Christianity thing again. 
what you are seeing is the end result of a process that began a while ago. For as many who, the enemy has kick-started that process. And there is a countdown in the realm of the spirit. Some have already started start reneging on commitments, not showing up at meetings, not showing up at worship services, or showing up just with the body, spirit and soul absent, not lifting hands, not worshiping, not serving, no more giving. You are literally in a place of like, God, really, what is this? And the enemy has that confidence that it's just a matter of time that you will have the boldness. Remember what Paul said? He said, I did all of those things ignorantly in unbelief. It was a belief in something else. The enemy is just waiting. That one day, he calls it boldness that you'll be able to face your pastor and say, no more. I am done with you. And I am done with Jesus. I pray for you. We reverse that demonic clock. In the mighty name of Jesus, every combination of junk in your heart, however it came in, through words, through songs, through situations of lives, through life events that shocked you to the bottom of your, of your, of your, of your fiber, of, of your being, and made you question your existence, question his existence. I pray for healing. For every bleeding heart, I pray for healing. I pray for restoration for everyone who is on the verge of letting go. I pray for restoration. I pray for a supply of grace. I pray for, I pray for healing. I pray for a supply of grace right now. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray with that person. Under the sound of my voice, you are saying I am ready to return home. For some it's your first time. Some it's just a rededication. It's still my pleasure and privilege to pray with you. Let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, see, hear me. He's not judging you. He's not saying, look at you that we've done so much for. You let God, it is men <laughs> that act that way. I can, I can tell you confidently the arms of the Father wide open, ready to receive you back into his family. Let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you because you did not give up on me. Even when I gave up on you, when I doubted your existence, you still loved me. It was my place you took in the grave. It was my sin you took away. You died the death I was deserving of. And triumphantly on the third day, you rose back to life. Now I believe you're alive. And I ask that you come live in me. I ask that you live through me. And I receive the grace to live the rest of my days for you. Thank you for engraving my name in the book of life, never to be blotted out. I receive the grace to live the rest of my days for you. Even as I confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. And I receive eternal life in my spirit. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Come on for an amazing, amazing time in God's word for the lives transformed and for all of us that have received the grace and the empowerment to be among them that enter in, in complete belief and confidence in his word. The ones that will profit with the word. I want us to jam those ends together and give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, 
You can give her email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.